You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yup, and a ho ho ho, and a bottle of rum. Which you need a lot of to watch the Knicks lately, losing nine of their last ten. Uh, they haven't won a game in regulation, I want to say in close to a calendar month. We are about to have a festive Christmas episode of Talking Knicks. I am joined by Tom Piccolo, the man, the myth, the legend himself. We're going to do some fun Christmas stuff, comparing the Knicks <laughs> to certain Christmas things. It may get a little weird in here, and I hope you're enjoying this on your weird holiday. So let's talk Knicks. The New York Knicks select Christophe Happy holidays from the Talking Knicks crew. I hope you and yours are having a jolly good time. Um, Christmas cheer, Hanukkah cheer, any other holiday cheer, we're spreading that from us to you. As mentioned before, I am joined by Tommy P, Tommy Piccolo, I, the Santa Claus of this show, the Rudolph? How, how would you label yourself? Well, you're, you're spoiling all my, uh, my comparisons here. Mm. But uh, I, I got to say, I, I like that you kicked off the episode with a, a pirate theme like ho 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 and a bottle of rum is is pirates of the caribbean yeah that was a mix santa santa and captain jack sparrow that's hey however you celebrate the holidays on your own time is your own deal okay fair enough <laughs> how, how are you tom you know jake i'm doing pretty well uh a week ago today i adopted my wife and i adopted a puppy and you you didn't warn me. It is a lot of work. It is exhausting. I, I've been waking up at like three in the morning every yep. night to let her out. Um, then again at like seven in the morning. It's been very tiring, but very rewarding. Cute little puppy. Name is Colby. Uh, long-haired shepherd mix. Uh, we're, we're smitten. Absolutely love this thing. But uh, yeah, a little loopy. So we'll see how these comparisons go. Yeah, well, I, I run a little loopy normally. And yeah, the, the puppy time of a dog is incredible. Um, such raw emotion both ways. And yeah, I, I'd say some of me and, me and my lady friend, <laughs> who just gave me a look like, please never say those words again. So I guess my former lady friend, no. Um, my girlfriend Jessica and I, when our, our puppy was very much a puppy, uh, you know, we're normally very jovial people. We had a couple moments where you look at each other and like, wait, who's getting the dog at 3 a.m.? Um, and yeah, you, we've grown from it. And now me and the dog are like attached at the hip. We basically, we get treats at the same time. Um, we we pretty much run the same lifestyle. We're, we're brothers. I, I got a brother dad thing going on with my dog right now. It's a great relationship. Um, I, I hope to work myself to that someday. Right now I've got, see... I kind of was at work when I encountered this puppy for the first time. Right. And so I sort of texted Rose and I said, like, I think we have to get this puppy 
And so since it was kind of my doing, I am the one who always lets the dog out. Like it's there. It's like, she let me get it. And so now I, it's kind of my responsibility. Right. And just kind of benefits from the the good parts of dog ownership. She would probably contradict that entirely, but Oh yeah. um, No question. I'm the one getting up at three in the morning every night, letting it out. And so I I have a lot of, a, a lot of mixed emotions about that. That's the beauty of it being our podcast, Tom. On their podcast, they can trash us all day. But here, we do the work. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get that out. Man, the, um, the John Boy Network really is expanding, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> expanding and crashing due to me. Um, speaking of crashing, Tom, um, the, Nick, the Knicks are in a slide. We are – is that Puppy Colby? You're hearing Colby in the background. Um, yeah, she seems pretty displeased about whatever's going on upstairs, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll push on. There's going to be plenty of that going on. Maybe she heard me start to talk about the Knicks and how they've lost nine of their last ten. Um, I want to say, let's see, twelve of fourteen. Take it out of my brain. Uh, the Knicks are losing. We're playing bad basketball. Our two wins in the past month are overtime at home against Milwaukee. That was December first, Tom. December fourteenth against Charlotte. Um, this past week, we lose to Phoenix, Philly, Atlanta. Is there anything you need to get off your chest about these games before we, we start going to Sillyville? You know, if I think too much about these games, it really is going to bring me down. It's going to be like <laughs> one of those blue Christmas, like it's a wonderful life situations going yeah. on. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's plow ahead to these comparisons. I think we'll have more fun. Yeah. And, and maybe we could tie them in, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Moutier has a couple 30 points. Game. Maybe, maybe we'll end up starting there. But, Tom, let's let's do it. This is the big segment. You, I, I was happy you were excited to do this because normally you would prepare for this and you would absolutely crush this. You would go deep dive and somehow find a perfect comparison for Trey Burke to the gingerbread man. But I didn't give you the time to do this. So it's it's a little on your toes. We've we've had about half hours to think of to think of some good comparisons. But basically, we're going to talk a little bit about expectations and how it's played out for these guys, and we're going to put a little Christmas twist on it. And I, I the example I used to to bait Tom into this, and actually we we do have a shout out from normal contributor Ken Poon. But I'll I'll start here because this this was the first one that happened for me, Tom. And I was thinking about Courtney Lee, and I was comparing him to, I want to say it's, it's, it's a dish your grandma always makes. And you always like it. It's not your top dish. You're not coming into Christmas like, whoa, I got to have that. But at the, if you didn't have it at your Christmas, you'd be a little uncomfortable. You'd be like, yo, where, you know, where, where is grandma's blank? Maybe we'll call it an apple pie. I don't know. But Courtney Lee is like that to me. You kind of know what you're going to get. You like it. But I think every year there's a little bit of fear that grandma's going to mess up the flour and the sugar and you're not going to get the same recipe, you know? And I, I think we've seen Courtney come back a little bit. And this is recent news. Uh, he had a couple solid games this week, Tom. Yeah, he, lo- no. he looks like Courtney Lee. He does. He's, he's gotten his balance. I think, I think we heard uh, Wally Zerbiak talking a little bit about it on the broadcast, how he's just he's pulling up off the dribble. You can tell he's got his legs underneath him. He's got more confidence when he's shooting the ball. And, yeah, he, he does – he looks much better than he did when he first returned, that's for sure. 
And I am curious, like, is the specific dish you're talking about the apple pie for you? Is that what it is for you and your family? It wasn't. I have I have one player who I have I have the dish prepared for. Normally, I as you could tell by my physique, a lot of my relatives are very skilled at making desserts. Um, you know what? Maybe maybe I'll go stuffed mushrooms. Okay. It took a while for me to come along to them, and like I liked them, but it you know it it's a little odd if they weren't there for Christmas. But yeah, I kind of like that comparison. I like where that landed. Yeah, it's not going to carry the meal. Courtney Lee's not going to carry your team, but it does. It fills some fills some gaps in the meal. It rounds it out a bit. It adds a little bit of a, you know, a little umami taste to to the meal. Mm. Um, and Courtney Lee adds some stuff to the Knicks. Okay, we can move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, that was Tom. Tom, you bad leader. I I took I took Courtney Lee off the board. Who who's your who's your holiday Knicks player? Well, so I know Kenny made the, a comparison for Frank Nielakina. Do you want to actually jump into that one real quick? We can do that. I like that. Let me, um, again, shout out to Ken Poon. I, I can read it off, and then I'll, I'll let you analyze it, Tom. Our Ken Poon, a huge Frank fan, said, Frank is the mistletoe. Gets you excited, has the potential to be something. Sounds great in theory. In reality, it doesn't get used that much, and when it does, you end up with less than what you want. Wow. <laughs> That's strong. <laughs> wowie, wow, wow, wowie, wow, wow. I mean, I'll be honest. I've never actually used mistletoe, like, unironically, right? Like, I've never right. actually done that. But have, have the Knicks? I know. I, I totally see where Kenny's coming from with that. That's, that's a very funny comparison. Um, yeah, like... That's the funny thing is, is the funny thing about these comparisons is that Christmas is such a hyped holiday. Like the expectations are always so high for really everything surrounding it. But with the Knicks, it's almost the opposite situation where our expectations for this team were so low coming into the season. And for a lot of these players, we really didn't have all that much in the way of expectations. So like there's kind of a of an imbalance there because because Christmas, as we all know, is just like you know people start celebrating it as soon as Halloween's done, right? So. Right. Um, yeah, Frank is mistletoe is solid. I can, I can jump into to the first one I came up with. What do you got, Tom? And it, it's actually Mario Hazonia. Okay. And I thought he's kind of like, so I'm curious what your opinion of Christmas carols are, Christmas oh, songs on the okay. radio. I think Mario Hazonia is like a, a bad Christmas carol. He's, he's basically Dominic the donkey. Oh, eat, eat, eat. Well, I thought you said bad Christmas songs. I did. I know you love that one. And uh, it's just Mario's got the Italian first name, too. I just thought it kind of fit. But okay. like, in theory, I like Christmas songs, Christmas music. But they get old really fast. I get sick and tired of them almost instantly. And it's pretty similar with Hazonia. When he comes in the game, like, he's a wing. He's athletic. He can kind of shoot, allegedly. Um, he's not going to get, like, overpowered on defense. He can switch. But at the end of the day, he's just like Dominic the Donkey, man. Like, I yeah. just don't want to listen to it, and I don't want to watch Mario Hazonia play basketball. Tom, I love that a lot. It's kind of like you get, like, the first time Dominic the Donkey comes on the radio, you're like, okay, yes. Like, yeah, I want to see Hazonia shoot threes and make crazy passes and board a little. Yes. And it's a novelty. Shoots. It's a novelty. And then the second time you see it, you're like, oh, my God, turn it off. It's November 2nd. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. I really like that one, Tom. Um, 
Okay. I, I think just keep this crazy train rolling. The one, this, this one I've liked, I'll, I'll see if there's a missing component and maybe you could find it for me. I'm going with Manny Moutier. Let's hear it. And I'm going to compare him to myself getting a video game for Christmas. Hmm. You know, there's a little bit of excitement, but it's not the excitement it used to be. And maybe it's cool that I'm good at it, but in the end of the day, what is that doing for me? So you're talking about 29-year-old Jake Yes, a video game. Yes. <laughs> so like, okay, there's some excitement. I have some fun playing it. Heck, I play it a lot, and it, it's going really well. But at the end of the day, what's that getting me in my life? And that's where I'm at with him right now. Like, I, I, I've said this to you before, but I get a little scared that if Moutier keeps playing this well, I mean, what, what, what's the ceiling? I mean, is he a top 20 point guard if, if he figures everything out? And then does Fizdale love this guy so much that we're ready to roll with it when it was just a fun video game to play for a snow day? You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely know what you're saying. Um, I've just I'm, I just pulled up his stats for the last seven games. I don't know why I picked seven. Sure. It, just, it felt right. Um, he's averaging 21 points on 50% shooting from the field. Most of that's from from two point range. He's shooting 25% from three on four attempts per game. Pretty ugly. But he's leading the team in assists. He's not turning the ball over too much. Like he's he's become a pretty functional point guard, and I could totally see him being a, a very strong backup point guard like a guy who's going to run this the second uh unit offense for the next good Knicks team like that's definitely on the table for him but as far as being a starting guard like he's not going to take you to where you want to be and probably just like playing video games isn't going to take you to where you want to be and that's tom i i think what you said i can still link that in it's it's a great second option it's Oh, you know, the, the girlfriend went out of town? Yeah, I'll throw in this video game for a couple hours and, and bully some little kids online or something. But at the end of the day, what we're trying to build for, you know, if, if I hear something this offseason that that's something along the lines of the Knicks loved what they saw from Moutier so they didn't look into a Kyrie Irving or something like that, I'm going to be devastated. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's going to get to that because I think – I like to think people are pretty realistic about Moutier's ceiling. I mean, he's only 22. I know it keeps coming back to his age, but he's, he really is a problem defensively. And I, he has been playing, he's been shooting so well from mid range that it's just not sustainable. Like we saw with Trey Burke last year, that comparison has been made. It's no one shoots 50% from long two. like not even Dirk Nowitzki and Kevin Durant can sustain that for seasons. So it's like, why would Moutier be the first to do it? He's not going to be. <laughs> um, yeah. I, look, he, he could be a, a very valuable rotation player. He can run second unit offenses, like I said, but he's not the answer for starting point guard going forward in my eyes. I, I agree, brother nature. What, um, keep the crazy train rolling, Tom. Old, old Chris Kringle. All right, I'm going to go with Enos Cantor here. Ooh, excited for this one. I think Cantor is like the New Year's Day hangover. Okay. He's 
he's like a lot of fun when you're just watching him and you're kind of just along for the ride. You're not trying to get too deep into the game, not trying to analyze the pick and roll defensive coverage. You're just sort of, I'm here to watch the game, have a beer, see who scores the points, who, who grabs the boards. And I mean, Cantor routinely puts up impressive box score stats. Like he is, he's a 20 and 15, you know, he's a chance for that every time he goes out there. And it looks like he like just plays really hard. And that's kind of like, it's fun. It's like New Year's Eve. You're out there, you're, you're drinking, you're having a blast. But then the next morning, it, it, was it worth it? And the answer with Cantor is inevitably no. It, like his, his offensive production is just so rarely worth his defensive liabilities. Like we saw in the, in the Suns game afterwards, Devin Booker kind of gave him a little jab saying like every play run a screen and roll at double zero um, because he, he that's going to get you a good shot. Like it's, it's hard to get good looks in NBA games. Running a pick and roll canter will get you a good look nearly every time. And that is just such a liability. I, I love it, Tom. You're it's new year's Eve. You're going hard. You're grabbing rebounds. You're getting points. You're having shots. You're drinking beers. You know, at the end of the night, who cares? You're you're putting down, you're eating lasagna with your ham that's left over from Christmas. Yes. Then you wake up the next morning, you're in pain. Uh, you you're saying, did I just did I just celebrate the calendar changing? What was that? <laughs> um, Enos Canner, the turkey. I I, I oh God, happy holidays, Enos. Is Tom? I you know I I didn't want to do a ton of serious stuff. Do you think there's a chance he gets cut and waived? Like before the season ends, I've seen him on some of those lists. What would the uh, the benefit there be? Would it just be to get more minutes for Mitchell Robinson? Like they know that Cantor's going to make a fuss in the locker room if he's not getting the minutes. I mean, there's, so. a, there's not enough bigs. I mean, if Porzingis comes back, that's one thing. But I don't know. I mean, Luke Cornett can get more minutes. Mitchell Robinson, when he comes back, will. But there's just not enough front court depth, which is kind of funny to say in today's league. Vonley plays some center, but he's against traditional centers. He really is overmatched. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's a perfect point. Cause I, I keep seeing him on these lists, like guys, guys that could get way before the end of the season and a contender can pick him up. And I'm like, Oh, the Knicks would, something would have to change. Courtney Lee would have to bring back a big man or something. And they just move on from Canner. I don't know. I, I don't see it happening. It, it would be interesting. Tom, let me go to the green bean casserole. Do you want me to guess what player is the green bean casserole? Well, let, let, me, let me describe the green bean casserole to you first, and then yes. Okay. So the green bean casserole, you know, you're, you're a kid, and you see it, and you're like, you know what? For green beans, this ain't bad. <laughs> if this is how I have to get through the green beans, this ain't bad. You know, and then I think you get older, your taste buds change a little bit. You start appreciating the green bean casserole. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not the healthiest thing, but you could still walk away saying you had some green beans. You just didn't pound some lasagna. You're starting to really like the green bean casserole as a solid role player at your Christmas dinner. I mean, it's and, a great, it's a great description. I can only think of Lance Thomas here. Ooh, that's tough. That that would be Kenny's green bean casserole. I'm going Damian Dotson. Oh, okay, uh, okay. 
And you know, maybe maybe our green bean casserole has more potential than the traditional dish. Um, but man, we, I, I'm just, again, some expectation stuff, which we haven't talked about too much, but coming into this year, it was kind of a, man, if Dame Dot doesn't see too much of the court shrug, like it, it is what it is. He was a second round pick last year. He showed some moments. This guy looks so NBA caliber as a three and D guy, which we, you know, we preach and yell that from the hallways and nowadays NBA, this guy looks like a professional. Yeah, actually, and I do love my my mother's green bean casserole, so I didn't mean to, like, play down. Like, I mean, Lance Thomas is a fine player, but I, I like – I mean, Damian Dotson's probably a good call for that. He's, he's a good player. Green bean casserole is really good. Uh, so, no, I, I'm on board with this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, man, I, I'll say the other thing that's impressive. It's not like – it's not just Damian Dotson – doing the right thing. Like there's an over rotation. Damian Dotson's open. He makes his open three. There's times he pulls up in dude's eyes. This, he, he, he's, he's been impressing me this year. And I, I guess that cuts to a childhood memory of slightly out of shape. High school, Jake falling in love with the green Bay casserole. So I'll pass it off to you, Thomas. Who's, who's jumping out. Let's see here. I, I think I want to go with Alonzo Trier. Ooh. Okay. Very interested. It's not an easy one here. Um, and I'm thinking he's like, he's like at the office when you do a secret Santa gift exchange okay. and you get the perfect gift when you weren't expecting anything. Like yes. you're at the office. You're like, I mean, are these people really going to like get me something that I want? It's, it's such a crapshoot. You don't know who you're getting it from, especially in these big office parties. Like you have no idea who's getting you the gift. And you unwrap it, and it's just like the perfect thing, the thing you you really wanted. I mean, I, I, the thing about Trier is just with the undrafted players, like you you expect nothing. There's zero expectations. Like he's on a two way deal. Um, the fact they were able to sign him for two years is is pretty remarkable at his number. Like that shows a certain like a kind of loyalty, I guess you'd say, from from Trier that I wasn't expecting. I was thinking like Trier would say. I want my money. Like I'll do the one year, finish the year here and then see what's available to me. But no, he like really appreciated what the Knicks did for him. Um, as far as giving him a, a chance to, to shine and we get him for two years, an extremely reasonable number. Um, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I think that's, that's just a great player to have this guy who can create efficiently for himself and sometimes for others at a at a tiny number, it's it's a big win. So yeah, secret Santa gift exchange at a workplace. I love it. He's shooting forty seven percent from the field on eight shots a game as a rookie. He's shooting thirty nine percent from three. Uh, there's right there's times when he's handling the rock for us. Um, I mean, again, a, a eleven point three points, three boards, two assists uh, out of nowhere. Again, another guy that just looks like a pro. Uh, he is twenty three. So, you know, for when you start thinking of any Frank slander you people may throw out there. But yeah, Tom, it's, you know, you're in the office. This is going to be miserable. I'm, I'm going to end up with, you know, I, last year I got clips for my corn on the cob that are like <laughs> company themed. This year you come in and you're like, I'm just going to do this because I'd rather not deal with people saying, why aren't you doing this? You end up, you end up with a lottery ticket. You say, ah, I'll scratch it. Boom, 100 bucks. 
you're giving everyone in the office double middle fingers. Ooh, okay. I thought you were gonna say like buy him drinks, but you gave him double middle fingers. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. It was <laughs> that, that was that was the holiday spirit kind of overtaking the Secret Santa there. Well, and I, one quick question for you about Trier is I've heard some talk about him actually playing point guard. I know you said we see him handling the rock, but like, do you see him ever developing into an actual point guard? No, I just I think. And I, I know this is a dangerous comparison, but Tom, there's times when he looks like a Dwayne Wade light. Like he's kind of this combo guard who's a better scorer than he is a shooter. He does the chase down blocks kind of like D-Way. There's a little, little reminiscent there. Um, and it, again, when I say light, I do mean light as of now. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think what was nice about having Trier with the ball in his hands was the defense had to respect him. They had to guard him, which at least can allow you to kind of start up your offense. There was times with Frank because the guy guarding him didn't care that Frank almost couldn't start the offense with a pass because there's just no respect for him. So I, I yeah. guess I, I respect that part of Trier. Obviously the passing isn't at a level where you could say this guy's my point guard going forward. Yeah. And Wade was a really good passer too, especially earlier in his career. He was a, he was able to run the offense through him. Um, but I know you said light, so I'm taking that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I know Trier, he's got some nice elements to his game. Uh, either way, like getting him at the the biannual, I think it was. Yep. Um, that's, that's a great pickup. So, And I, and I liked your lottery uh, comparison, too. So that, that is a good good call. There you go. All right, Tom. I, got, I, I didn't want to necessarily steal this guy because some of these last ones might get sloppy, but I think I've got a good one. Shoot. I'm going with Kevin Knox. Okay. You open up a present under the tree. You're, you're a younger person than, you know, maybe you're into some film, photography, audio editing stuff. Your big wish on your Christmas list was a drone. Your Christmas morning, you open it up. You got the drone. It's there. Maybe it's not the exact drone you wanted on draft night, but it, it's a drone. You can work with this. <laughs> so you go out, you use the drone, and it is badass. You're watching Summer League clips like, yes, I have my drone. Then the season comes. Maybe it's your first big time you're about to use the drone. Maybe you're, you're filming a wedding or you know, you're, you're doing something cool. Your drone on your way back nicks a tree, comes spinning down a little bit. Your drone's nicked up. You're like, oh, crap. This is terrible. Why, why did I nick up my drone? That was so stupid. Then a couple weeks later, you, 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 you come back to it. You're like, let me look at it. And you say, oh, like this, this part was just a little bent. I, if I fix this, I think it should work properly. So you go out. You give it another test run. It works. You're careful with it at first. You don't do too much with it. But then you let that bad boy rip. And that's what Noxie is doing right now, Tom. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm locked in on Yankees, Knicks, New York, Twitter. And, I mean, people are coming at Tatum's throat, who was the bee's knees last year. People are saying this guy's this year's Tatum. Look, so I have a, a piece coming out pretty soon for the B-Ball Index about Kevin Knox's recent uh, offensive uh, production here and he I'll use this last seven game sample because that's what I have in front of me he's averaging 20.3 points per game 
he's he's hitting 43% from the field, but that's also 43% from three on seven attempts per game, which is pretty outrageous. He's he's not really turning the ball over at all. He's uh, granted not get, getting any assists either, but he's grabbing boards. And the way what I like about his games that he's just scoring in a in a variety of different ways. I have his like synergy stats here in front of me. Nice. He's uh so thirty percent of his possessions here in December. I'm I'm only using December because November he was really hampered by that ankle injury like you described so eloquently with the with a drone metaphor. Loved it. Uh, a little on the nose, but it still worked. I mean. <laughs> So 30% of Kevin Knox's possessions are used as a spot-up shooter. He's averaging 1.13 points per possession on those. So he's, I mean, that's toward, I mean, it's not like top of the league, but it's like upper 75 percentile of the league. And he's just like, he's hitting threes, but he's also, he's not settling either. That's why I love it. He's, he's driving a lot more. He's driving five times per game and he's getting to the rim and he's getting fouled a lot. It's just like it, it seems like a very well-rounded, sustainable approach to offense, unlike the Moutier thing where he's so reliant on his three-ball falling or his, his long twos that he hits or the, even the shorter mid-rangers that are contested. It's not like that for Knox. Like He's able to really create for himself, and he's also able to like play within the flow of the offense and sort of let the game come to him. He can do both, and I, just, I really do love his offensive potential. He's 19, Tom third youngest guy in the league. Um, and I know the, right now the over-the-season stats aren't too impressive. The more recent stats are. But heck, over the season, he's shooting 37% from three on four and, four and a half attempts. That's pretty impressive. We weren't fully sure if that part of his game was going to translate. And it has, and you're right. that His game is fun, man. It's, it's creative. He can be herky-jerky. He can be more athletic. There's, there's a lot this dude can do. Yeah, overall in the season, he's been really bad at the rim. Like he just, he had, I mean, especially earlier in the year, he just had no touch. But I really think it's starting to come around. You can see it a lot in transition, especially. He really pushes the ball. And he's he's a big guy. Like he, he can move. Um, his, his like straight sprinting speed is pretty high for his size. So like I, I love watching him in the open court. I, I just think he's going to get, I mean, a guy his age, you would expect him to be bad around the rim. He's just going to learn how to use his body more and more. And, and I think he's, he has potential to be really elite finishing at the bucket. So if you incorporate that to his already uh, ahead of the curve shooting uh, ability, it's the future's bright, man. Like he's been bad defensively. I've written about that too. Like he's, sure. he's got the worst defensive rating on the team. Like the, the team is at its worst when he's out there defensively, but uh that has to do with other things too. He plays a lot of minutes with Cantor, a lot of minutes with Tim Hardaway Jr., who's also terrible on defense. Um, but yeah, there, there's plenty of room and plenty of time for improvement. So yeah, it's it's a good comparison with a drone. Uh, have you ever flown a drone, by the way? Um, not operated. I've been like next to the guy working it because I'm just I'm crashing that bad boy. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, you would, and I've never even attempted. I've never been near someone doing it. So, um, but I. Even so, good, strong comparison. Probably, probably the best. I stay away from everyone's drones. Um, that sounded like it was going to be a good joke, and my head was not. Oh, I was going to say I should stay away from Kevin Knox so I don't break him. Um, Tommy, and anyone else jumping out? I've, I've got a couple weird ones. I had kind of a weird one coming up. Okay. Um, Love that. It was, it was Trey Burke. Okay. 
And Trey Burke reminds me of Elf on the Shelf. Okay. <laughs> tough. Tough. You know, I actually didn't grow up with Elf on the Shelf as like a tradition that we had in our in our household. But right. from what I understand, like parents will put this creepy looking elf on a shelf, like on the mantel place, and just it'll allegedly just watch the kids. Did you do this growing up? No. No, no, no. Did you um, know anyone who did? I uh I mean I'm I don't know. I'm I'm a wicked witch's spell away from being an elf on the shelf. <laughs> I I don't know. No. I feel like those came late. Like I feel like those are supposed to be cool with when you have youngins that are like, I don't know, under age ten. And I feel like Elf on the Shelf hit us in our teens and it's like, yeah, I'm not into that. I mean, my, my Elf on the Shelf comparison wasn't entirely thought out. Like, part of what <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought Trey Burke's a pretty small, small dude. I also just, like, don't want Trey Burke on the team so much anymore, which is right. tough. Because, like, earlier this season when we did the preseason pod, like, I was high on Trey Burke as a, as a guy because he creates for himself, and I do believe that he can be a good creator of offense for others. It just hasn't really turned out that way this year. It just seems like when he gets in, he really does look for his his own. Um, he every once in a while he'll show you what he can do. He'll throw a really nice pass, set someone up, and you're just like, why don't you do that more? But other times he just takes some really tough contested twos, and sometimes he makes them, but oftentimes he doesn't. It's just like I don't see a place for you on this team going forward. I guess part of it is that Trier came along, and he's just like a better version he's a bigger version who who just is, is it's more sustainable what trier does he gets to the line more he uh he can like defend someone he's not a great defender but he's the size to do it and the potential to do it um whereas burke doesn't so i i want elf on the shelf like out of the house right. and I want trey burke kind of off the team yeah when you first pegged that trier this year is going to be exactly what we expected trey burke to be that was a big eye-open moment for me because it's totally true. Um, and you just, like you mentioned with the bad defense, you, you can't have a lot of these guys that can't play defense out there, and Burke is tough. Like him and Cantor literally should not share a basketball court together. Um, I, I think I can build on the Elf on the Shelf. I'm saying, how about this? Your family ordered Elf on a Shelf. They heard it was cool. Okay. I, it was on wherever they ordered from. It was like it, it wasn't in stock. So Elf on the Shelf ended up coming like January 14th. And so like it's a joke amongst the family, blah, blah, blah. January 14th, you set it up. Everyone's a little tipsy. You put it up, cracks a couple jokes. Everyone's laughing. January 15th, mom's like, all right, we got to take down all the Christmas stuff. Okay, so we take down all the Christmas stuff. Elf on the Shelf builds itself up for a year. Everyone's like, yo, that one day of Elf on the Shelf was awesome. Let's get that going again. You put Elf on the Shelf out this year, and you're like, get out of my house. <laughs> it's just the magic's, the magic's done. Like, it was, uh, it was fun while it lasted, Elf on the Shelf, but uh, you might be better off in a different home on a yeah. different shelf. Okay. This is a really weird one. You, you might just hang up the call on this one. I'm going Mitchell Robinson. And I'm going telescope. Mitchell Robinson is a telescope. Okay, I'm listening. 
you open the telescope and your initial reaction, because telescopes are pretty cool, you're like, they're pretty cool. I'm, I'm into this. I'm going to set this up. I'm going to use it. I'm going to start looking at stuff. You start, you're, you bring out a map. You're, you're thinking about different ways to use it in the pick and rolling on defense. You look through it. You see all, you see the stars, you're seeing planets, you're researching astrology stuff. You didn't think you cared about astrology. That's not the right word. Is it? That's, that's like your actual signs, right? Yeah. Astrology is like uh, Pisces and Gemini and stuff like that. Right. So you're not doing that. Um, you're, you're looking at the stars and the planets. So you do that and it's really cool. You set it up like middle of your apartment. You got that classic like apartment look going on with the cool telescope spot that you yeah, first I can see. totally see that. Yeah. You first see it and you're like, okay, that's kind of badass. Nice telescope. But then you really start thinking like, how much am I going to use this telescope? Like, this is cool, but what's it going to like, how, how often am I really going to need this? Like, do I need to get into more star type stuff to really like this? Are we going to have to eventually run sets? Is, is Mitchell Rob, is this telescope a part of my future? <laughs> I told you at the end I was going to lose it, but there was parts. There's something there, but like, what, what's your hesitation with Mitchell Robinson's future with the team? I guess I don't know to what level, Tom. Like, I don't like, is the Knicks front office doing high fives and handshakes saying, like, we've got our five man of the future right now? This young guy's good. He can block shots. He can, he can do some stuff around the rim. Or are they saying, you know, maybe this guy could be a good young role player for us? I guess, I guess where the league is at and what I think Mitchell Robinson can be. You know, I'm I'm wondering how much time I should invest into my telescope. Yeah, the, the big question is how he's going to fit with Porzingis when he comes back because they both have like, pretty similar body types. The nice thing about like Porzingis and someone who's built like Cantor is they kind of have complementary just styles of play, right? Like Cantor's a bruiser; he'll get in, he'll grab a lot of a lot of defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds, and it kind of saves Porzingis from having to bang in there too much. I feel like Robinson, I don't know that – he has some broad shoulders on him, so maybe he'll fill out. But he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's been just like beast on the defensive glass and then grab a lot of boards. So I I wonder about his uh, his fit with Porzingis, but I, it's also like that's kind of down the road at this point. Like let's just enjoy the telescope for what it is at this point. Uh, we didn't expect to pick up a player this talented in the second round anyway, so – He's. I really do like Robinson's game, and I think that there's a place for for him as a as a rim runner, Tyson Chandler type. Like, like Tyson Chandler was so um, like he was such an important part of that Mavericks championship team. Uh, granted, that was 2011, so you know the game has changed even since then. But you still need guys to to be able to be a vertical threat and protect the rim. So like Porzingis protects the rim, but he's he's not so much a vertical threat. I, he. He's grabbed. He's like thrown down some alley oops, but not like Mitchell Robinson style. I I can enjoy my telescope for now, Tom. Um, Tom, I'm I'm looking at the player list. I mean, I a, a couple guys who are outliers, and I you know, I'm I'm really scared if we do Luke Cornett at this point. What we say. Um, I mean, I see Lance Thomas floating around. I see Vonley, who's been your boy all year. Tim Hardaway Jr. Any of them jumping off the board to you? <sighs> Yeah, like I, I don't have anything that good for these guys. Like that's kind of why we've left them off to the end. I think because 
I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is someone we got to do. Right. He's, such, he's such an important part of this team, and he's going to be on it for multiple years. So, so. So let's, let's talk our way through it. So Tim Hardaway, initially, we, we don't know if we should be happy if we got the gift. The gift seems kind of out of place. We love the gift sometimes. Other times, we're okay with taking Wesley Matthews from Dallas just to get rid of the gift. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm trying to think, ooh, maybe one of those old TVs that used to be in the basement that were like gigantic that you were like, we loved growing up. You played N64 on that TV. You'd watch games. It was the hangout TV. But then like time went on, flat screens got really cool. And now you're at the point where you're using the big screen TV and it's kind of cool, but you're also willing to get rid of it for free if someone will pick it up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I, so I wrote down, like I wrote down just some notes. I, I wrote down eggnog, empty calories. Ooh, I love <laughs> that, Tom. <laughs> Um, I also kind of have a, have a funny Christmas story from when I was sure. uh, when I was younger. This was before uh, my brother or myself had a driver's license. So we were like, we just moved to Connecticut. So we were like 13, 14 years old. Okay. And uh, we opened up a gift under the tree and it was a, a helmet. Like a, almost like it'd be like a motorcycle helmet. And sure. we were just like, mom, dad, why did you get us a helmet? We're like really making fun of them for this. Like, do you think we're going to hit our head? Like, Oh what? yeah. You got, you guys are having a roast on, on your parents, right? Then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> really. Yes. I think we were giving a, a busting their chops pretty badly. Yeah. And then like, at some point we went out to the garage and there was a motor scooter in the garage, like a little moped Vespa type thing to get us around town. When, Cause we, like I said, didn't have, didn't have a car or anything like that. So it was just like, I feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. is kind of like the helmet, like by itself, <laughs> by itself, you're not going to do a whole lot with that. Like you're not going anywhere with the helmet, but you need, you need the motor scooter. You need Chris Stapp's Porzingis or someone of his ilk to actually take you places. Um, and actually the more I talked through that, the more I liked it. So I just, it was great. This is exactly what I was hoping from this. <laughs> Tim Hardaway Jr. as the scooter helmet. <laughs> we want you. You're basically Chris Daps's insurance. Like help, help my guy out. Oh, oh my god, I'm getting a little dizzy. I don't know. I I I think we gotta stop whining now. And I, if I had to do a quick Von Lay, I think this is a little bit of a cop out for where you and me like to to have our humor at. Maybe Noah Von Lay's just socks, man. I have a pretty close one. I, I wrote down he was just stocking stuffers. Yeah, like you you really enjoy it and you want it every year, whether it's him or Kyle O'Quinn or who's doing it. But this is really cool, and I think the biggest thing you've been pushing about Von Lay is that if some of these fringy free agent types can start coming to New York and rebuild themselves, that's a really good thing. If they like playing for Fisdale, I mean, Von Lay's contract wasn't guaranteed, right? And then... They, they added him to the team. I remember we were doing one of that conversations where I was like, oh, I think we need Noah Vonley because we have zero bigs before the season. And, I mean, you go into January without any socks, bro. You're in a tight spot. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote in my last um, 
three, two, one column for B-ball index that like Vonley's shooting has really tailed off. Like in the last 10 games or so, he shoot like 27% from three where he started off just on fire. He was, he was up to like 47%. Um, so it is definitely, he's coming back down to earth on his shooting, which is a really important part of, of his game. Uh, if he's going to be like a, a pick and pop big. Um, the other thing is he, he's got some really major holes in his game. I've been, I've been going through the numbers like, first of all, I, like we said, I love Vonley. I love watching him play. He, he plays his ass off. Like, he grabs a ton of rebounds. Um, but he is one of the worst rim protectors in the league statistically. Like, guys just finish on him at will. Really, like, bottom five in terms of uh, protecting the rim. And also, he has a really hard time finishing at the rim. I don't know if you've noticed this. If he doesn't dunk it, he he has a really difficult time in the restricted area finishing. He's, he's down – by about 50%, which among bigs, it's like in the eighth percentile. I so, know this, this is the r- picture. Try to picture Russell Wis- Westbrook setting a screen. I know that's kind of a joke on NBA Twitter. Yeah. Picture Noah Vonley doing a post move. Like he'll, throw some, he'll throw some hook shots up, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, Sorry, a, a good post move. A non- I can't picture him doing like a fadeaway jumper or having any kind of footwork. Like he's, he's, he does, a, he's a lot of nice little stuff in there like a stocking stuffer, but it's nothing's going to, nothing's going to blow you away. Um, he's, he's a very nice role player and I'm, I'm glad the Knicks got him. And I, I hope they can keep him if they find a reasonable price, but um, yeah, that's uh, socks. Socks works. I like, I like that. We were, we were in the same realm. I, I like that a lot. Tom, I, I think I, I got to start wrapping up. We're, we're going to the botanical gardens light show. Ooh, in Denver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big city botanical gardens. I, you know, I've been to the botanical gardens in, in Brooklyn. I've gone okay. a couple times. And uh, never to a light show there, though. It sounds sounds oh, yeah. yeah, Christmas lights, all that. Boozy coffee, maybe. I don't know. I, I haven't thought it through. But um, I don't know. Any closing thoughts, maybe Brother Tom? Drink some of that eggnog, some empty calories, like Tim mm. Hardaway Jr., THJR. Well, Tom, you you know me very well, and you know how much I enjoyed this. Uh, and the fact that we did this on Christmas Eve Eve um, makes makes me happy and makes my girlfriend want to go to the Botanical Gardens even sooner. But thank you so much for doing this, buddy. Um, and if you guys have been listening through this, thank you. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this, because this, this was a lot of fun for me. I hope this is something we look back and say this was a ridiculous tradition that we continue to do going forward. Yeah, I hope so. For Thomas and myself, follow at Talking Nicks. Leave a review. Leave leave which which uh which Christmas thing did you like the most from us? Or do you have a better one? You drop a better one, maybe I'll throw Kevin Knox your shirt your way. I don't know. I don't know. Do you? Or maybe we'll send you an elf on the shelf. But thank you very much. Damn, Let's go Knicks. Yeah.